we're back. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, right? That's it's totally a difference. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's see if I can find your camera. Where are you? There you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's a good win tonight. All right. Welcome back to the uh, Late Night Playset. Welcome back to the Late Night Playset. Look, I'm going to turn on bubbles. That's how glad I am to see you. <laughs> the missus is laughing. We're sitting here. There's bubbles falling. Good stuff. Uh, welcome back to the playset. It is Thursday, December 17th, 2020. My name is Jay Ryan, and I will be your host for this bubbly extravaganza this evening. Um, thank you very, very much for, uh, for tuning us in this evening. We have got a great show for you. Our guest is Mr. Magnus Walker, the urban outlaw himself. He, I'm going to turn the bubbles off now. It's getting ridiculous. He, uh, here we go. I'll turn some lights on. There it is. All right. Mr. Magnus Walker is here this evening, and uh, uh, we have a grand old time. I can't even tell you the stuff we talk about. Tons of car stuff. Uh, we get to your questions. Why is it so dark in here? We get to your questions, and also we find out how he takes a bath and what's wrong with the L.A. water. <laughs> it's really great. It's really great. Our buddy Magnus will be in here in a little bit. Uh, until then, there's so much stuff to do, Mrs. Ryan, that we simply will not get to it. That is confirmed. Um, but first, hello. How are you? Yeah? Yeah. How's it going over there in your COVID chair? Going? I should say non-COVID chair. You don't have COVID. In fact, I call that the COVID chair because it's plastic, easy to wipe down. The microphone over there is very easy to swab. That's, that's all I meant. The COVID-free chair is what I should call it. My head's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's good enough. It's nice to have you in here. Your energy is great. Um, we've got viewer mail. I think maybe we'll save viewer mail for next week. Because there's a handful of it. We'll save that for next week. We've got two East Coast feeds because they're connected. It's an A and a B. And we've got, uh, what are you driving today? <laughs> In fact, we got to start with that. Okay. Uh, if you were here with us last week, then you probably remember we... One thing led to another, and our buddy David Torres came up with an idea for a new segment on the show um, involving some driving, involving Jay driving up at the crest and uh, the auto kennel cars and uh, hopefully some other folks if they want as well. Um, we're calling it What Are You Driving Today? And we did another one the other day. <clears throat> if you recall, this started as an idea after we took a drive. So it was with some f found footage, essentially, for the for the little the little teaser. What we did the other day on Friday was basically like a I would call it a I would call it a camera test day or a camera blocking day and it was basically like a technical rehearsal we got like we figured out what we should do for driving and cameras and placement and stuff like that getting all the logistics set up not a whole lot of performance involved um from me anyway um but we got it we've got it for you and it's a great car a car I I liked a lot more than I thought I would um I don't know Without further ado, I guess I'll just play it. I don't know how to do this yet. It's not really a full segment. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> uh, it's time for another, almost an edition of What Are You Driving Today? I think the, the, I think the takeaway here, it's me again. Right. I think the takeaway here is that it, we, we haven't figured it out. This isn't the segment still. I think the next one will be it, and definitely the one after that. Okay. What are you driving today? <laughs> Roll it out. There's Magnus. Hi, Mag. What's up, brother? I know. How are you, brother? What are you in? Well, I didn't recognize you either then. <laughs> Great to see you, man. You know, I don't want a new modern car, but God, they're so nice to drive. They're so nice. <laughs> Like, if this was a base 991, I would be 
you know, in stick, I'd be like, oh boy, I could do this, I could stick this fucker up. like a Jetta or a Golf. Yeah. your new stickers, David. Oh. And I got my little camera here from Paul Kennel. We're going to put this right here and see if he notices. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Stamp. Brandon.
figured it out. He's got a lot of, you know, all the cameras and all the angles, and he's figuring out how to. He's I never shot it. cars before. I've never shot cars before. Not like this. It's so cool. He's doing it all. I just drove the car a little bit. And, and, and I'm so annoyed by myself and all of that because I was like, none of it was really intended to, <laughs> even though some of the things were informative and helpful, if you want to know something about that car, most of it is just, <laughs> listen to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple words about that car, though. I will say 2015 Cayman S, um, not a car I expected to have an emotional response to. It was a car I expected to get in and drive and <laughs> get out and be fine with. Um, really liked it. Liked it a lot. I don't know that I would have one. I don't want one. I'm a 911 guy. But easy to drive, super comfortable, plenty fast. And it kind of has everything. That one's a stripper. <laughs> the irony is it doesn't have anything. Um, and I don't know. A modern Porsche already has so much more than our car does anyway that it just feels like it's got everything. Like, I don't need any of the other lane departure, blah, 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 whatever the heck. This is just, you know, it's got power, whatever, and air conditioning, and it's really comfortable, and it's, you know, it can be hard or soft, but they're both relatively soft, you know, but it can do anything. I don't know. Cayman S, 2015, available at Auto Kennel. Go contact uh, Paul Kennel from the, the Auto Crammers. <laughs> uh, and David, I love you. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I'll be better for you on the next one, and then I think we'll have something here. It'll be good. Oh, and, and the, the audio was terrible, too. David had ordered a new microphone, and it, we didn't have it yet. Now we have it, so it'll be better, hopefully. <laughs> uh, there's that. Okay, all right, East Coast Feed. And then we got to move it on here because the Magnus segment's good. Uh, long. All right, coming up. East Coast Feed. Roll it, Hal. Snowing back east. Mr. Ryan, little East Coast feed coming to you from Casa de Caz. Rook and the Caz man. New kitten Raven. Hershey. Learning to live with her. Always fun. Uh, fun night tonight. Just us relaxing because we got a fun thing today. Let's take a look outside. What do we got? Something you don't see too often in California. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking blizzard. Yeah, that's great. Let's go take a look. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, it's lots of snow. I'm waking the cat up. Look at that. Lots of snow. You're supposed to get like 18 inches or something. It's a lot of shit like that. I don't know. Well, I know it's cold, baby. It's winter. This looks like it was just starting. I closed the door. I'm showing Jenny. Um, yeah, so that's New England. I love listening to them banter. Folks intolerant of the cold. Yeah, it still is here. Anyway, that was it. That's part. Show them Raven. They've seen Raven. I'll show. Let's get a close up, shall we? Close up Raven. But she wants to direct everything that happens. There she is. Hi, Carrie. That's a cutie. All right, there's your close up of the cat. Um, this is part one of the videos. I'm sure we'll do part two from work tomorrow because my ass is back there doing it again tomorrow because we don't close in the fucking snow. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye, Jay. Bye, Jay. Anyway, bye. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, that was, okay. next morning, part two. Mr. Ryan, part two of the East Coast feed coming to you from Blizzard 2020 since we haven't had snow really forever. You're going to notice something cool because this is the service drive in the morning. Every car on the planet is inside because, you know, it's a monsoon outside. Um, but what's cool is, let's check this out. This is pretty neat. That's the shop completely filled with oh. cars, under cars, over cars, inside cars. They're everywhere. It's kind of cool. Um, but that's how we have to do in weather preparations. And let's take a quick walk outside because, you know, it's still fucking snowing like a bastard. Uh, it's actually 7 in the morning. Just got here a little while ago. Check this out, here we go. Oh, it's a winter wonderland. There it goes, look at that. I'm sure you missed this. Can you see the mound of snow down there? The mound that they had to plow? 
Look at that, they got the old skid steer going. We got it all, all the tools. That's it, all right? Love you guys. Hope you're having a wonderful day in sunny LA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is all these dings are Magnus. Sorry for all the dings. Uh, uh, love to the Kazman uh, for that, <laughs> and, uh, and and hanging out there in the snow. For if you couldn't tell what was going on there, um, I know this from working with him in the car dealerships way back in the day when we were kids. But the gist of it is, if you've got um, a whole parking lot full of cars and it's going to snow, you need to move the cars. So what they do if they're if they know a snowfall is coming they'll take all of the cars like these are brand new cars for sale and they'll move them inside like they they did here so that they can just go plow in the morning if we didn't know a snowfall was coming and you just happen to wake up that day or whatever or it was worse than you thought it'd be or whatever it becomes a whole process where selling cars is not a priority today but moving all of the cars several times becomes an all-day process for everyone customers aren't coming in but you have to get the keyboard go outside everybody bundle up it's a whole process so anyway that's what was going on there um okay that's that east coast feeds done viewer mail we're going to do next week because we've got a handful of stuff uh did we do it i got to talk about st Clair insurance but other than that other than that i think you're good all right this is exciting all right um I'm so excited to talk to you about St. Clair Insurance. That's not what I meant. I'm excited that I'm doing this on time and we're, and we're, and we're keeping the train on the tracks. Mrs. Ryan's over there helping. Um, it's time to talk to you about St. Clair Insurance, coverageforyourtoys.com. Let me do that now. They say, all that separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance has coverage for your toys. Let me tell you about that. Uh, by coverage, we're talking about insurance coverage. Insurance coverage is something we all need. Anybody who owns something, it's got to be insured. All these motor vehicles, all these homes, these businesses, this property, it all has to be insured. Uh, if you are a car collector, I'm talking to you specifically. Haggerty customers, I'm talking to you even more specifically. Specifically. The Haggerty people love that. Um, here's what I want to tell you about. If you have Haggerty insurance already, that's great. You're already halfway there. If you got it through the website, if you got it through uh, going th- meeting them at a fair or anything else, <laughs> at a car show, at, a, at an event, at Pebble Beach, they sponsor stuff all over the world. Maybe you're at Goodwood and you talk to somebody Haggerty there. Anyway, my point is, if you've only signed up through the website or just gone through Haggerty.com, um, you probably don't have a rep. You probably don't have someone to talk to should there be an issue. Like in the old days when you had an insurance agent when I was a kid, it seemed like the guy next door to my parents was an insurance agent, and he just he was in the community known as the guy you talk to. But if you had a little fender bender or a little whoopsie whoops, uh, they would just call that guy. And then it was like, oh, that guy just took care of everything. We didn't need to deal with any of the stuff. It seemed like everything just went more smoothly. So we didn't have to deal with it. it. Yeah. So that's why I'm telling you today about St. Clair Insurance and CoverageForYourToys.com. Get yourself a rep through Haggerty. If you don't have Haggerty Insurance, get Haggerty Insurance through St. Clair Insurance. Um, It's really just a great package. It's a good thing. Um, We highly recommend it to car people. If you're not a car person, I don't know what you're doing watching this show, but if you have anything that requires insurance, check out St. Clair Insurance anyway. It's not just for Haggerty customers. Um, I'm just pushing that because I know a lot of our people are Haggerty customers, and I want this to work out for St. Clair Insurance as well. So anyway, we love Jeff St. Clair. You will too. Give him a call. Check him out. CoverageForYourToys.com. Mrs. Ryan. Yes, sir. I'm feeling great. I think we did it. 
Magnus Walker's going to be in here in a couple minutes. Like I said, we're going to talk about how he takes a bath. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, there's a lot of 996 questions uh, from you, the viewer. And, um, and that's it. Check us out on Instagram and all the other stuff. I think we tell you the rest later. Oh, no, there is some stuff I forgot to tell you. Oh, gosh, there's some announcements. <laughs> I forgot. I skipped right over the hellos when I did the hellos. Um, uh, it doesn't matter, but everything's upside down these days anyway. I'll just tell you. Uh, we weren't here on Tuesday because I was doing another smoking tire. We'll check that out in the future. More news coming on that. Um, and the awesome Matt Farah. Adam Ferrara. This is going to get confusing, folks. <laughs> Adam Ferrara, who was a guest on our show last week, former host of Top Gear, uh, doing some work on his podcast, and there's going to be more announcements coming on that, but I wanted to tease it. And then also, this is a big one, um, something going on with Spike's Car Radio and this guy, and I don't want to uh, jinx that one either, but it's something to tease. 2020, 2020, 2021. Let me try this again. 2021. <laughs> Um, uh, I will have some involvement over there. So lots of good things coming up. Um, I don't think I'll have a chance to talk to you again about 2021. It'll be a different guy who did this earlier with Magnus Walker. But until then, Mrs. Ryan, we'll be back with Magnus Walker right after this. Time for your annual check. Yeah, yeah, annual check. And let me bend over. With that, <laughs> uh, with that, uh, we'll get to all the gifts in just a moment. We are sitting here with Mister Urban Outlaw himself, Magnus Walker, is back for the third time. Thanks for being here, brother. Third Good time, to see lucky. You. I mean, appreciate the invite. You know, um, happy to be here. Oh, it's great. It's uh, it's not just uh, your third uh, show with us, but it is our. I guess this would be the closest thing we're going to do to a holiday. Whoa! Show. It's not. Sure. It's not like we decorated or anything. But this is the last official show. Before I actually the have holiday. a Santa Claus hat. I sh- probably should have walked on with that. I have maybe one of those do a too. Costume I was... change halfway through or something. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, let's I should see. have brought you a little Christmas card we've got printed up. It's, uh, it involves an E-type jag and a Christmas tree on the roof. Oh, well, uh, you have our address. You can yeah. by all means put it in the mail. mail you did out. not come shy of uh, gifts. So what do we have here? We've got some, doing some spring cleaning, really. Early. 944. Early spring cleaning. Looks like a 935. Yeah, I got a 935277. That's cool. Yeah, you know, I, I finally got one, that red 74, which turned out to be a Carrera with a sort of Mickey Mouse 935 Moby Dick Kramer-esque yeah. body on it. And then... That's, uh, you no know, kidding. maybe coming down the road. Oh. I want to talk about 277 in a few minutes. These 944s are cool. And then here we are, non-Porsches. This yeah, my, is very my, cool. My Hot Wheels relationship started with those guys five years ago. Chevelle. With a 356. And then probably three years ago, so two years into it, they said, are you interested in doing some non-Porsches? And I said, sure, why not? I'm all about variety. 
And it seems like you are all over the place because we've got oh no there we kept, yeah no we kept it Mopar and Chevy and Mopar <laughs> Mini. or no car yeah I can't wait till when when I can do an Alfa Romeo just to annoy my buddy Dorian you know Mister DV Mechanicals that I'll have my own uh, Alfa Hot Wheels all right all I'm right. gonna put all this stuff over you here. you got some cue cards here what's going on no no we're good let me just get all this stuff out of the way yeah come on Santa's little you need Santa's little helper or something yeah. She's sitting over there today. Hi, Mrs. Ryan. <laughs> she's she's COVID safe all the way over there. How you there. doing over there? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I appreciate the hug. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you, buddy. It's good to be here. Good all to right. be here. Do you remember the first time you were here, how nervous I was? You I remember nervous? we were having all sorts hey, of technical issues. I thought I was a nervous one. Come on. I thought I was nervous. It was like, I'm guessing about two and a half years ago now, because I remember you, you came on very generously early on for us. And I, I just remember things since like the eighties or something. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just remember it's the um, desk. It's the desk. Yeah, there's some credibility for yeah. sure with the set. Uh, not so much this guy, although I'm getting there. I just remember there were technical difficulties, and and I was shitting bricks. And it was one of the shows that was like, it just will always live in my brain for uh, uh, one that really put me through the ringer. Oh. And I'm, I appreciate that you didn't realize that. I didn't realize it. I feel a little you, bit better you here today. Covered really, really well. Thanks, man. I feel a little bit better today, but the fact that you are here, it does still bring a little bit of that Uh-oh. back. And I don't know if it's PTSD or Uh-oh. the fact that maybe you just have that kind of cachet. Bit in the room, maybe. <laughs> hey, this is like last minute, so I'm happy to be here and we'll see how it goes. All right. Where have you been? I saw you at Breakfast Club last Friday, but before that, it had been a while. What have you been up to? Uh, it's been an interesting year for me. You know, I've sort of gone nowhere and i've really enjoyed staying home you know prior to like march 15th the past five years of my life was pretty much traveling out of a 22 inch suitcase and being on the road for anywhere between two to five weeks probably only being in la seven to ten days a month that's the the magnus i met and remember yeah and i enjoyed it. i went all over the world you know memorable drives crossing australia in colombia driving from bogota to medellin last year doing the mil emilia all types of great things and attending great events. But, you know, sometimes there's so much going on, you don't absorb it. And my life became what I call sort of 530-second conversations, meeting lots of people, but not really seeing lots of things because it just happened really quickly. So this year, not really having gone anywhere since March, I've really enjoyed taking a breather, Got behind the sewing machine for the first time in years. Made some face masks, which led to some home improvements. You know, the pillowcases and that was on and here. And how stuff co- like that. How COVID tips turned into what's going to become a Magnus TV show. I'm sure. Of yeah, it. you know, I started out with the outlaw <laughs> cooking. You know, first of all, I learned to edit stuff on the iPhone because I was trying to cook Indian food in like less than ten minutes and do it on an IG live. So I can I, I think I became, you know, to use my own word, a bit of an adaptive swimmer again in the sense of. I learned to do things I didn't know how to do, edit films on iPhones, right? So I'd been traveling a lot, but everything I just told you about, I never turned a camera on, never documented it. And so a lot of my friends said to me, hey, you should do your own podcast. And I go, I, I started making ex- yeah, I started yes. making excuses as to why I couldn't do it. I'm never in one place. And then my buddy Phil, Mr. Enthusiast in New York, big shout out to Phil. He won't be watching. He's too busy shipping Bastardo orders and shit like that. Or, you know, driving his group B cars. But he goes, let's do a, a IG Live. I go, how are we going to do that? Finally, we figured out how to do IG Live. Had a lot of fun with it. And that opened the door to doing 
not a podcast, but me doing IG lives, and I really enjoyed it. And the interesting thing was the first one I did was with Ian Callum, probably way back in April or May, former Jag designer. And one interesting thing happened within 48 hours of doing that with him. Got an email from Porsche. Why are you not doing IG ah. live with us? And I go, I'd love to do an IG live with you guys. And eventually I finally did one. But Ian led to various, you know, I did Lamborghini, I did Lotus, I did Celine. And, you know, then I started branching outside of the car world. I did one with a Michelin five-star chef, a live painting with an artist, one with Alice Cooper's guitar player. And then I did one with Michael Strahan. And people yeah. are like, Michael Strahan, how'd you get to do an IG live with him? And I go, I just texted him. And believe it or not, he texted me back within 30 minutes. I watched that one. I think he was more excited to do it with you, to be honest. I mean, it was He was sitting in his garage yeah. going through his collection. It was great. I mean, the backstory was kind of strange. He literally got back to me in about 10 minutes first, I'm sure. But he's a super busy guy. So it took a little bit of scheduling. But the funniest thing was he was down in Bermuda or Jamaica. He was somewhere and he butt-dialed me accidentally on a golf course. And we had the FaceTime when we were on a golf course. So, of course, I had to screen grab the shot of <laughs> yeah. accidental butt dial from Strahan. And then about a week later, we did the uh, IG Live. But I'm rambling on. But essentially, what I'm trying to say is I, I sort of learned to do things I'd spoke about doing but hadn't done, hadn't put into motion. And it was almost as if I had to slow down, take a breather, and then just try new things. Mm. And so I really enjoyed doing that. And I think, in a way, it's led to other things already. It's open doors and avenues to uh, doing things that I did before, i.e. sewing. You know, I'm getting back into fashion. So I've, in a strange way, haven't gone anywhere but been really busy. I've driven more than I've ever driven locally, you know, because the first couple of months it was great. I mean, one time I accidentally got from Santa Monica on the PCH north of the tunnel to downtown without trying, seriously, without trying because we were in Hannah's Mercedes in 10 minutes and 57 seconds. (laughs) Well, like, let's that just is, see. Uh, nobody would know that if you're not from here, but that is impossible. I mean, you know that 18-mile drive, and this, I swear to God, was on a Friday at 5.30. At certain times, that could take an hour and a half, right? We used to go to games at the Staples Center, and we used to live in Venice. We used to make almost that identical drive. Two hours, two and a half, three hours sometimes, depending on if you were at the game time. Without really trying, 10 minutes, 57 it's unbelievable. seconds. Yeah. In a Mercedes, 560 SL, <laughs> which ironically, we ended up trading into the car that I drove here today in. I do want to talk about that. Well, you, can, you showed you wanna, me a video as well. You want to dive into that right now? You brought the roly-poly, you said. I, I asked Hannah. Yeah, I brought Hannah's roly-poly, yeah. So the story... So what Rolls... It's an old oh, classic Rolls-Royce, but I don't know what the hell it is. What, I have what to back it? up. Like, last year we'd been on a road trip coming back from SEMA in the 928, one of my favorite P cars, and we took the scenic route through the desert, Vegas to Palm Springs, and it was around Hannah's birthday in November, and we went to one of these second-hand car shops, and we saw this... SL there, and they're like super affordable, like eight, nine, ten grand. Really? So all of a sudden, hey, you want one for your birthday? We didn't buy that one, but we ended up buying one a couple of weeks later. I bought Hannah an SL for her birthday, and it turned out to have a couple of annoying issues, like hot start issue and rattles that wouldn't go away with the hard top. We took the hard top off a bunch of times and changed out latches and put dum dum on it. And anyway, it just rattled and was kind of annoying. And there wasn't, I couldn't wear the hat in the car. And so anyway, we called oh, up because the, the hard top. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We never drove it with the hard top off. I mean, you know, Oh, what a shame. To me, that's, yeah, whatever. I'm too delicate, you know. i, I got to put on too much sunblock, the beard's oh, in the I face, see. beard in yeah, the wind. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So, yeah, we always drove it with a hot top, and it always kind of squeaked <laughs> and rattled, and it was just kind of annoying. So, anyway, I called up uh, the local independent dealer who's got, like, 30 SLs. I said, hey, 
I'm not in love with this thing. Can we trade it back in for a similar year, similar value? Don't car? want my money back. Just let's roll let's it back roll into the it system. Because they literally have 30 of them. Just pick whatever color you want. Fair. He goes, sure, bring it on down. And in the corner, I saw this olive green Rolls Royce. So instantly, I'm not paying any attention to ourselves. And I just kept going back to it, and I showed it to Hannah, and she liked it. And then, a long story short, I said to the guy, what's the story with the Rolls? It's a 1975 long wheelbase silver shadow in olive green with a chocolate brown interior. And he goes, well, it's close on price. I go, would you trade the SL against the Rolls Royce? And he said, yeah, plus two grand. So we did a straight trade, and we're in this Rolls Royce under 20 grand. It makes you feel... For me, I really enjoy driving because it forces me to slow down. Mm. And in a way, this is me going straight in the Rolls Royce. The wheel, <laughs> you bounce it with these two fingertips, but this is going straight and you're bouncing up and down. And there's no real power, but it cruises pretty nice. It call it, I don't know, 70 to 80. But there's just smooth a, power, though, right? Smooth power. Yeah. And there's just a sense of nostalgia. You're welcome anywhere in that car. You can turn up if you want at the Beverly Hills Hotel in it, or you can go to Home Depot in it. That's interesting. You know, and we've sort of done both. And uh, people think it's like a million-dollar car, and you can buy them in the teens. And no one looks at you like you're sort of a douchebag that they may look at you if you're in a new Rolls Royce, possibly. Well, I think anybody who even remembers the Grey Poupon commercial yeah. at, at this point is of a certain age where they're not taking it too seriously anymore, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, but the fact that you can get, I mean, we've had minor issues, and it's funny, you know, we told a few friends, and we're like, don't do that. You know, that's the stupidest thing you can do. Don't buy do. Rolls. Don't buy a Rolls. You know, there's nothing more expensive than a cheap Rolls Royce that's 45 years like a old. Boat, right. You know, and we've had a couple of minor electrical issues, but nothing really major, fingers crossed, touch wood. And, uh, yeah, that's the car I drove here today. <laughs> that's so cool. And, and Willow it- likes it. You know, we, we recently got a dog. I guess you call it a COVID dog. Uh, I used to have a, a dog before called Skinner. She passed away, unfortunately, in 2015. And uh, we have a new dog, German Shepherd German Rescue. Shepherd. We got it from this great place called Wags and Walks. It was a whole journey, actually, just to adopt a dog during COVID. It's multiple Zoom calls, you know, to make sure you're credible. Oh, interesting. We had a, I to mean, make sure you have a residence and things like that? Yeah. You know, oh, we actually had a, of that. you know, all the pounds are closed. So this foster dog sitter. So you go through an agency, then you got to wait a week for a call back, you know, and then you're lucky if you get a call back because everyone's trying to get a dog. And uh, we had a, a, a meeting with a foster person who brought a dog to us to make sure we were compatible. This was a no great kidding. story. They come down, they bring the dog, make sure like, you're compatible. If you have, have a, resources, a they should do this all the time. Yeah. So a nice couple brings a dog to us. We love the dog. We spend an hour. We walk around. We're like, we want it. So next day, we're trying to figure it out. This is on a Saturday. They go radio silence. Don't get back to us. So we go, oh, something's up here. So we call the actual agency and they go, yeah, unfortunately, the foster person has decided they're now going to keep the dog. It's almost like when they saw how much we loved the dog, it was like, Whoa. why are we giving this dog up? Yeah, this, this is dog's a great awesome. dog. It's exactly what it was. <laughs> so wow. we had a noon appointment at Wags and Walks to go look at a little um, golden retriever puppy. And when we got there, we didn't really click with the golden retriever puppy. And one of the people at Wags and Walks, and they're super nice, basically said, hey, what are you looking for? I said, well, truth be told, something a little bigger, maybe like a German Shepherd or some sort of Shepherd Mutt Doberman mix. 
And they go, oh, this guy just came in. We found him on the road in Bakersfield. <laughs> this is more your style. Yeah. <laughs> that golden and, was way too yeah, nice. You're too the, good a boy. <laughs> bounces in this German shepherd that they were calling Kona that we've now named Willow. And long story short, that was a Saturday. And we adopted her on the Monday. No kidding. And well, then everything it. does work out. It's yeah, one everything of those worked things. out. It was funny. Like a week later, we're supposed to go get a neutered. And we're waiting in line outside in a car park at a, a vet place in the valley. And... Long story short, the, the doctor comes up, takes Willow's heart, uh, I guess, B, and says, oh, we can't operate on this dog. We go, what are you on about? They go, she's got a heart tumor. We go, heart tumor? We knew nothing about it. She's showing no signs of it. Then we have to go get a test. It turns out she's got a stage five heart murmur. And if she didn't have this operation where they put a valve stem in, you she wouldn't, wouldn't live till two years old. She would die. So long story short. And it would like, have been a surprise probably, right? It yeah. would have just happened. Yeah, because she showed no signs of having this heart issue. At this stage, this was probably three months ago. She oh. a 10-month-old puppy that's bouncing around. We're trying to train her and full of energy and life. <laughs> Didn't want to get in cars to begin with. So she must have had some trauma earlier on about being in a car or a van because she would not get in. And I, I've got the van open, throwing treats in. She's not going in. Forget about trying to get her in a 911. Right. But now she's happy to hop in because she knows, you know, when we're going for a drive, there's usually an adventure. And it's not to the vet or something painful. Yeah. So that's oh. kind of what's been happening this year. Good grief, man. I just remember when you were making COVID masks and, like you said before, doing the cooking segments. And then uh, next thing I know, I mean, the Instagram followers have gone up. You're doing more exciting things. You've definitely brought – You were, oh, people think of you as a Porsche guy, but you've always sort of been into the other marks as well. But we're definitely seeing it more than we used to. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in the 90s, I was more varied. You know, at that time, I had a 65 Mustang GT350R Shelby replica. 351 Cleveland, Richmond 5-speed, Detroit Locker. That was a Mustang. I had a 67 E-Type Jag. I had two 69 Super Bs. Still got the tattoo. Ironically, I don't have a Porsche tattoo, but I got a <laughs> Super B tattoo right there. I had a 73 Lotus Europa and a 79 308 GTB Ferrari. You showed up in a Mazda the other day to breakfast. Yeah, home. I did, and it was fun. <laughs> and you it know, was I've, cool. I have to admit, you know, I put over 500 miles on that car in six days. Whoa. Went through two tanks of gas. That day in the crest, I pretty much ran out of gas. Uh, I was having a spirited, fun drive on the way back, caught up with a few people, and then realized all of a sudden the car went like this. And I saw the warning light, and I saw my fuel gauge was empty. So sort of like, you know, when you come back through Angelis Falls, you make the ride on the crest. I freewheeled the whole wheel down. Oh, my god! Put gosh. it in neutral, and I freewheeled into the gas station. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then that weekend we drove it to Palm Springs. Not to Palm Springs. Drove out, drove out to Joshua Tree. We went oh. to look at this crazy house out there, which that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, I put 500 miles on that thing in six days. <laughs> nice segue. Are you thinking about going out of L.A. or broadening your horizons? <laughs> I mean, we're always back to COVID, right? You know, we did a lot of road trips, hike. Kind of went like this scenario. Hey, it's one o'clock. Let's drive to Palm Springs and let's take the scenic road through the crest. And we did these two 300-mile trips in like four or five hours, including stops along Sounds the way. Sounds awesome. Because it was just easy to get around. Yeah. So we'd be We've been make, doing a little bit of that, too. So we'd be making a lot of, I call it local, idle, wild, you know, Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, We've Pine been calling Town. them non-destination yeah. drives. Yeah. So because up until a couple of months ago, you could get around really quickly. And yeah. It was like, wow, if LA was like this all the time. I thought it was going to go back this last week, and it didn't change a bit. No, I mean, it seems like normal out there when it comes to traffic. 
But yeah, I've been driving a, a lot of new cars. I, I just, I'm going to tell you something I'm super buzzed about, super excited about. I just finished shooting eight days of a car show I'm hosting. It's hey, going to be right. called The Next Big Thing. And it's it's me sort of giving my idea of, really, it's cars that I want, but cars that may become the next big thing. Okay. I, and big thing's kind of the wrong way to say it, but it's just unusual cars that are maybe underloved and under the radar. The next thing on the radar, sure. Yeah, it's everything from sort of personally, you know, like a XJS Jag, Saab 900 Turbo, Toyota Corolla, all the way through to like a, you know, I got all excited about trying to get a Ferrari 308 GT4, mm. you know, which is kind of a little under the radar to yeah. certain people. So I've Did you dri- not get one? You've been driving one lately or you've been posting one lately? That's the car I'm shooting for this show. Oh, so okay. that day I shot it with a Lamborghini Espada. It's kind of like, the cool thing about this the concept of this show is it's not like the next budget best thing or big thing. It's just the next big thing. So, you know, I'm going to drive cars I've always wanted to drive. You know, I've driven... I've been fortunate enough to drive a lot of Lamborghinis, mm-hmm. you know, from a Countach to new stuff, but quirky old stuff from the seventies, Lamborghini Espada. I'd never driven one. Is that the one with the where it's four is four seats and the other yeah. seats are in the back? Yeah, it's super yeah, it's weird really looking long, with a long hatch and stuff. Nicholas Cage used to have one of those, and it, that's the, my, was my introduction to it when it was at his yeah, shop. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's kind of like driving a pick. I mean, you get into it, but the first thing is like, wow, this is. Really awkward driving position. Pedals are positioned awkwardly. It's heavy. Feels like you're driving a pickup truck. It's not actually that fast. Doesn't actually stop that great, but sounds good. But then you kind of get used to it. You know, everything's kind of... It looks like it would float like a boat. Does it float yeah, like a boat? Yeah, it kind of floats. You know, it's like the classic, you know, uh, float like a butterfly, but it doesn't sting like a bee. <laughs> I mean, it sounds classic American, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, it's kind of like a muscle car. Yeah, well, it's an Italian muscle car, right? It's like the... Italian four-seater muscle car. I would never think of it that way because of how it looks. It looks it looks like a fish out of water to me. It looks I mean, it's super long like and super wide and flat and slab-sided. So, yeah, I've had but a But it long... has the same kind of thing that the Mura does. It's just not... Yeah, it's, it's just different. not the Mura. Yeah. It's not the Mura. Hmm. So, yeah, I've been driving a lot of non-Porsche cars. I uh, acquired a couple of non-Porsche cars recently, two E-type Jags. I was going to ask what's new in the stable. Well, he typed, yeah, you know, I, I owned one back in the 90s. I wanted to get back into one. It's like the typical car story. And I ran into my buddy Raj, who's my downstairs neighbor where I live. And he's a car guy, mostly new stuff. And what are you doing? I go, I'm looking for an E-type Jag. And this is how the conversation goes. You should buy my dad's. I go, your dad's got an E-type Jag? I go, does it run? That's always the first question with an E-type. He goes, yeah. I go, right. what is it? He goes, oh, it's one of those two plus twos and it's automatic. So instantly, this is like the least desirable E-type Jag. Two plus two, automatic. It's like Harold and Maud without the cool factor. But it was like three miles away in Silver Lake, and it ran. But I went to look at it, and I was underwhelmed to begin with. But what I really wanted was a beat-up patinaed one to sort of make a rat rod. So I kind of didn't get too excited about Raj's dad's, but it was clean, and it actually ran pretty well. A couple of days later, I go, I should just get this, even though it's not actually the one I want. I should get it, and Hannah loves it, and Willow loves it. So now it's all about what what car does Willow love? So the type Jag two plus two, she's right behind us. There's a little center console. She rests her head there, and then a couple of weeks ago, I found the one I was really looking for: seventy one V twelve Series three. My buddy Al found it in Miami. Series three is with the bigger bubble in the back. Well, that's the two plus two. The two plus two has the bigger bubble because oh, it okay. it's two seater, nine inch longer wheelbase. The Series 3 is the V12. So everything up to that is in uh, inline 6. 
So V12, it's got a slight flare on the front fender. The wheel arch is cut slightly higher. Right. So the V12 body style being slightly wider suits the bulbous 2 plus 2 profile a lot better. But this one has got this awesome two-tone. It was two shades of blue. So it was like a turquoise and then painted a darker blue. Mm. And then it spent some time in Miami getting heat soaked and then getting rained on. So it's got this awesome cracked up patina oh. and quite a bit of surface rust. Blue leather interior and it's an automatic. So the goal is to make this one a hot rod like manual conversion. Redo all the underpinning suspension but keep this awesome patina. Would it, was it a four-speed manual back then? No, these things five. are like... No. Well, manual is four-speed, yeah. Is, okay. The automatic is like a three-speed Three, uh, yeah. Borg Warner. It's slush box. Sucks all the power out of it. Yeah. So, you know, the straight six is just no torque, no power. It's another car that doesn't merge too well onto, into traffic, but cruises at like, <laughs> like the rolls of it. Cruises at like, you know, 65 to 80 pretty nicely. But so if you convert it, it'll be a four-speed manual. No, what I'll the do is rod. my buddy Harry's got, he's doing this... Um, Five or six-speed manual conversion, which is a transmission that comes out of a BMW M5. Oh, no kidding. It's a gate rag five or six-speed manual, which adapts somewhat easily to being put into that car. But the real goal is to keep the original V12 and punch it out to about 400 horsepower, matted to the five or possibly six-speed gate rig manual. That would be very, very cool. Yeah. And then it still has the actual gate and everything. I'm just trying to see how the fit and finish of that all works. you got to change the, the console a little bit, but um, it... Close enough. It's got a leather boot that covers it. It looks pretty stock. Oh. If you change the shift knob, you put on a retro-looking shift knob, and it actually looks pretty stock. That's awesome. Yeah, I've driven one. It's great. Really, really cool. Are you into the resto... Resto mod, I hate that term. I don't really hate it. I don't know. I think of like uh, the Singers or the... Uh, there's there's one of the E-Type as well, the, the Eagle. Eagle E-Type, yeah, yeah. And then I just saw one the other day for the uh, the old Volvo 1800, oh, yeah, which yeah. I've always loved the yeah. shape and look yeah, of that car, too. but it was never that great of a driver. Right. Um, what do you think of these newer, beefed-up uh, versions of the old ones? I, I love them. Eagle E-Types, you know, they've got that sort of low-drag coupe that they're doing, you know... I'm a big fan of it. I haven't seen that yet. I only saw the the Roadster. They're like half a million bucks. They're like really expensive. You know, for me, I'm trying to be in it on the budget side of things, you know. I mean, you can pick up these cars relatively inexpensively. But you mentioned Volvo P1800. I met this guy a couple of years ago called Irv Griffin, who's got or had a three million mile Volvo. (laughs) Irv Griffin for the folks at home, not Merv. Yeah, Irv. (laughs) But this guy was a character. I think, unfortunately, he might have passed away, but I met him probably 10 years ago now. But he held the Guinness World Record for the single highest mileage non-professional car, meaning it wasn't a taxi or a fleet car. And he'd owned a 67 Volvo P1800 from day one. And when I met him, it had 2.7, almost 3 million miles on it. And Volvo had started documenting high mileage Volvos in the early 70s Mm -hmm. through dealer maintenance programs. And I guess within the first five years, he'd done over 200,000 miles on this car. I Single think, owner had gone through the engine, rebuilt the motor like three times. But yeah, three million miles on it. I think Volvo was the first one. They might have even been in their marketing campaigns yeah. in the 80s or something. Yeah. I remember like the million mile Volvo. Right, and then, right that was him. Wow, but he got no up to kidding. three million miles on it. That's unbelievable. On a P1800. Only car he ever drove, I'm assuming, right? You can't really yeah, get that high a, without... I guess he was a school teacher and he commuted some ridiculous like 150 miles a day to work. So, you know, he's doing 750 a week or something plus whatever else. So he was doing 50,000 miles just going to work every year. That's so I remarkable. Guess, I guess he racked up quite a lot of miles in those first five years. 
do you is it able can you tell how many miles you do a year you do a lot of driving but it's on so many different vehicles i don't necessarily think i do a lot of miles i always say like you know i what i do is not a big number of miles but it's quality over quantity and i would say Mm. 90 percent of my drives are pure pleasure i i don't do that santa monica to downtown commute (laughs) to me i break it into commuting which is the two-hour drive we were talking about and then what you do every friday morning with the uh Good Vibes Breakfast Club up to the crest, right? So two different things. I mean, I do drive a lot of different cars. Obviously, um, I'm lucky in that capacity, and I've got a few cars of my own that I drive occasionally. Still got to be a lot of miles, though. It's yeah. got to be more than the average Joe. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like just on Saturday when we went out to um, Joshua Tree and back up, by the time we'd done that, that was 300 miles. And then I spent the next four days driving all these different cars I'm kind of telling you a little bit about. Yeah. And uh, But the funniest thing that actually happened to me was today. I had a little... <laughs> uh, I'm wow. finishing, finishing up this shoot with this my buddy the best Frazier. guest ever. Finishing up the shoot with my buddy Frazier. You know, I'm I'm so... Oh, yeah, you did a thing. shoot. We should tell everybody. You did a shoot this morning before this shoot. I did. A, I'll tell you what I did this morning. So spent the past four days wrapping up this next Big Thing TV show. And then we had to do some little entry, like uh, opening scene stuff. So I wanted to capture the sunrise on the bridge. Fourth Street Bridge. So this is around 6.45, sun's coming up. Shoot some gritty B-roll stuff. And then uh, I was supposed to have an 8 a.m. call with Hannah's niece um, in Denver, uh, Clem and Tiv. So Clem is the 8-year-old niece. And I missed the call. So I said, you know what? I texted her. I said, I'll call you back at 9.30. I'm filming. So I call her back at 9.30. And here's the funny part of the story. <laughs> she had to bump me. She's just, you know, at home doing a Zoom call, school project. And she had to interview, I guess, three family members. So I was the number one choice. But by the time I called back an hour and a half later, she had to bump me because she had a deadline <laughs> to do some school project with a family member. So, uh that was, yeah, I thought I was going to be a guest on Clem's school thing, but I got bumped at 9.30 this morning. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and <laughs> then I did some interview for a video I've got coming out on Monday, and then here I am, so that's today. <laughs> but yeah, the highlight, well, well, not the highlight, the funniest part was getting bumped by an eight-year-old who uh, had to finish a school project Zoom call with another family member, so oh. back to reality right there. I'm grounded. Um all right. Well, going from talk show appearances back to cars for a second, we didn't get to see you the other day, but well, we didn't get to talk to you, but we did see you. I don't know how much we can talk about it. I think you posted the Mercedes. You're driving the old Mercedes. Oh, yeah. The silver pig. The ver- there you go. You go ahead. So, you know, I formed this relationship. I, I sort of have to go back in time if we have time. Do we have time? Sure. So my, my re- relationship with the other team from Stuttgart, i.e. Mercedes, started back in 2018 when my gut buddy Ray Campbell came to see me. And he's got a cool old 1963 220 Mercedes four-door sedan, slate gray red interior. So I post a photo of it on Instagram. And I get this DM from a guy, um, Michael, that worked at the Mercedes Museum in Stuttgart. And it essentially went, how cool is this? A Porsche guy posting a photo of a Mercedes. Long story short, he invites me. If you're ever in Stuttgart, I'll give you the tour of the Mercedes Museum. And the Mercedes Museum is perhaps, you don't have to be a car person to love that museum. Just the structure alone is incredible. So we take the tour of the Mercedes Museum and halfway down, he starts at the top. You go up this elevator it's like a glass pot it's like being in the jetsons it's all poured concrete you go up like eight stories to the top floor you get out and there's a horse there and that's the beginning of the tour one horse one horsepower and it goes all the way through mercedes history from the first car in 1880 all the way down 
almost like the Guggenheim. Mm, yeah, the that's what I was thinking all of. The way down. Halfway down, I see this Mercedes Goldwing. I go, oh, that's such an awesome car. He goes, would you like to drive it? I go, sure, why <laughs> wouldn't I? And he goes, would you like to drive it in the Mille Miglia? So, sure, who wouldn't, right? Bucket list. He just thing. offered you a ride right there. It was as simple as that. I'm not making this up. So, long story <laughs> short, I ended up doing the Mille Miglia in this Mercedes in 2019 with factory support. All you do is turn up, drive the car, and, you know. Someone else's dime. Yeah. What and a ride. Those are long days, let me tell you. You are in the car a minimum, minimum 12, 14 hours a day. You know, you're up at 6, you get to where you're supposed to be at 7, the waiting line to pre-grid. You start at 8, and you're lucky if you're done by 10. But you still got to get back to the hotel. Did you have the stamina for that already, or did you have to train for it? No, there's no training. I mean, no, You can I just mean, get in the car and just do it, go. no I mean, choice. I was with Hannah. She's the world's greatest co-pilot, because there's a guidebook, rule book, but it's all in Italian. You know, and you've got to do all these time trials and stops, and you've got to be at a certain time and distance and speed. So you're not actually going fast. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. There's a lot of hurry up and slow I down. See, okay. You know, but it's it's draining. I just had an article come out today. I started writing for this magazine, online magazine called B500. So I do a monthly article. And the one that came out today was me talking about this exact thing, the million, million. And my closing paragraph was, you know, if you want to see Italy at a relaxed pace, don't do the million, million. <laughs> if you want an adventure of the lifetime, do the million, million. So that kind of sums it up. So anyway, fast forward. Last year, I'm at Pebble Beach. I go visit Mercedes. Uh, they've got like a setup there on the Pebble Beach lawn or whatever it is. And the Silver Pig was there. And they go, you want to take a drive in it? And of course, sure. But you're driving around Pebble Beach. You don't even get out of first gear hardly doing like 20 miles an hour. So I said, I'd love to drive this car, you know, more spiritedly on one of my favorite roads. So long story short, that car, which was built as a replica to the original 1970 red pig that you know was a pretty successful race car replica but in every way right factory yeah it's, yeah modern updated more of a recreation because it's got a oh. modern uh suspension oh. modern engine and six-speed transmission all mercedes so, so it's like a factory resto mod it's built by mercedes yeah it's no factory shit. and it's owned by mercedes mercedes in stuttgart oh, that's pretty cool and they sort of loan it around to mercedes centers around the world for press demonstrations and pr events and stuff like that so, yeah, finally the car was going back to Germany. It's now in Germany. It went like a week after. And so I said, hey, can I make a video in that car? And that was what you saw in the crest. So I'm making – that video is in the process. It'll come out first week of January. And that's the video I made with the uh, the guys that did uh, Native 4 that did the 45 years of Boost Turbo video where I drove the new 992 Turbo S yeah. back-to-back with my 1975 um, ice cream metallic too. Yeah, down uh, Lower Tahunga there. Yeah, I yeah. That by the yeah. bridge. So the Mercedes, though, it's a beast. It's like, it just, it's like being, you know, in a tumble dryer with a chainsaw. You know, it's stripped out. There's no sound deadening in it. It's, it's raw. It was screaming. Yeah. It was screaming that day. It screams. It's got a presence. It's remarkably nimble and it drives remarkably well. And, you know, it's a. What does it actually weigh? Because it's, ma- it's a large. I format car the, the car is way. huge yeah. standing next to it i don't know the exact way it's well over 3500 pounds yeah but it yeah. looks like it should be six yeah yeah, yeah yeah it might be four thousand pounds i think i mean there's nothing really in it there's no interior no rear seats two bucket race seats is it all real sheet metal yeah it's a real body and everything. a real body yeah. 1970 and then everything's <laughs> so cool. all modern underpinnings so yeah i drove that i mean that was an awesome day right there for sure God, so by, by not really going anywhere and doing everything that I talked about before, 
I've actually done a lot of great stuff this year. And um, in a weird way, it's been enjoyable because I'm doing things and driving cars and collaborating with people that I haven't done before. I've got a third edition of my book coming out, new chapters, the update since 2017. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that'll be out next year. And I've got a, a couple of other really cool things that I'm excited about that are coming out as well. So See, I've been able to do a lot of things that I wanted to do before but never had time to focus because I wasn't in one place long enough. That's what it seems like. It seems like this is happening for a lot of people and you yeah. just maybe applied it better. But, uh, uh, you know, the imposed break forces you to kind of try something else. Do, yeah, do something sure. else. Yeah, definitely. And I've in, I've enjoyed that. You know, it's, I haven't really missed traveling that much because mm. I've been so cr- just energized here. It's, it's, like, it's like this morning when I've been doing this filming stuff, I'm naturally waking up at 5.30 mm-hmm. thinking about what am I going to shoot, what I shot yesterday. You know, to me, that's, that's a good place to be because I'm really inspired. Uh, back to travel. Is Hannah traveling? No, no, no. Oh, Come like cool. March 15th, you know, we came back from, weirdly, we'd gone to, Hannah was in New York, obviously, we shared an apartment together, and we were on our way to England to do some Bentley thing, and uh, we, I flew there on a Wednesday and turned around, came back on a Friday, and that was like March 15th. That was it. And that was it, and uh, Hannah's now here in LA, gave up the apartment in New York, uh, working remotely out of LA, I mean, she doesn't need to be in an office re- anyway, Right. but the... Bloomberg office is closed. Hasn't you know the LA office is closed. But does she still do field work, or is she just? Yeah, there's no uh, sort of like normally she'd go to Europe on a press launch for you know whatever, just mm-hmm. fill in your auto brand and ship them off to some exotic location, yeah. wherever it may be. What's happened this year is people are still launching cars, and instead of going on a press launch. There'll be like a Zoom call, right? No, Zoom's kind of like Kale, I think. You know, like no one knew where Kale was, and all of a sudden it's super oh, trendy. Got to have Kale yeah. now, yeah, and sure. Kind of the same thing. I'd never heard of Zoom till like February, and now everyone's on a Zoom call and press releases on a Zoom call. You're getting bumped off Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got bumped <laughs> by Clement. You know, my Hannah's eight-year-old niece this morning off a Zoom call with family members for a school project. So what's happening with Hannah is she's getting press cars dropped off. So she actually has more time with the press car, but no time with the PR department or, you know, the actual car designers no talking about the car. Yeah, FaceTime. I think she drove 68 cars this year. Oh, my goodness. So she's driven more than before. And being in L.A., it's a whole lot easier to do all the trips we've done compared to, let's say, trying to get out of New York, you know, escape from New York to go drive Bear Mountain, right? Good you luck. Know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. It's not really I grew that up there. far. Yeah. So, so yeah, she's now West Coast and uh, working on some interesting things herself. So. That's good. I I I'm happy. I like you guys are uh, like a, a really good. Um, <laughs> what are we? <laughs> take your relation. Take your relationship out of it. I'm very happy you're in love with each other and everything. But like you're a really good couple from an aesthetic place, from a, from an entertainment place. Like you're just a really good Hollywood couple. And trust me, she, she, she knows what we're talking about well, on that one. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, for the past three years, three and a half years, we'd had a bicoastal relationship. Yeah. So that was obviously the reason why I was spending a lot of time out of L.A., spending a lot of time in New York. And logistically, New York's a whole lot closer to Europe. And, it, you know, you could go to Europe for a weekend. We did it type of thing. Mm-hmm. But you'd never do that from L.A. Mm, Hawaii, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, she's great to be around. I love her. We're compatible on all levels 
Uh, no. I guess maybe that was my unintentional question. Are you guys, are you guys doing well through COVID? It's a relationship tester for sure. Yeah, we no. Know. I mean, we're doing better than ever. I mean, we moved in together, you know, right. this year. Before, you know, like I say, we weren't. We were by coastal. Yeah. So yeah, now we're living together and no issues. Things are great. Hannah's working out of the loft. I still go over to the warehouse. That's awesome. You know, play oh, she's working coastal. out of the loft. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So she has a place to go then. That's smart. Yeah, she works out of where we live, and then I'll go to the warehouse where the cars are, which is around the corner. Oh, vice versa. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, either way, though, still having yeah, a place yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, we have co- uh, questions for you from Uh-oh. people, but I don't know where the hell my phone is. I must Uh-oh. have left it over here. So. Where's your mobile? <laughs> so talk to the missus. Time is flying. How you doing over there? There you go. Hello, go. vibes? Going, going. Is Where? that a yoga pose? Probably. Yeah. Like a Uttasanasana to the Vinasana or something? I'm sure. Namaste. Very Zen. Very Zen like. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying it's like man. a Buddha pose or something like that. Yeah, There's it absolutely a, is. Yeah. Lotus a, pose or something. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> in a on or something. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the Instagram here and go, see. Do it for the gram. See who is here. I, Get on the gram. I posted earlier that you were coming by and I know there were I some saw, questions. I saw. You posted that photo of me wearing the suit. Well, you're very handsome, Meg. You really are. You're dialing it up. Lately. I got to tell you, are the you story. doing that intentional? Can I tell you the backstory about sure. that? Sure. So, another COVID thing. You know, uh, my buddy Robert Angelo, who I, I bought his 993 from not too long ago, sends me a random, uh, Jay, you know, he used to work for Jay Leno, sends me a random text. Hey, I think you and my next door neighbor should meet. He's from Sheffield as well. Hmm. So, I meet his next door neighbor, John Pearson, who I accidentally start, start calling Paul. Anyway, this guy comes down, John Pearson. <laughs> During COVID, he started this uh, Mr. Feelgood online style magazine. And it turned out John Pearson, if you Google him, he's like the world's first super, the world's first male supermodel. Oh, Legitimately, my. back in the 80s, you know, this guy's hanging out with Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford and all the big supermodels. And he's in all these videos and he's from Sheffield and he's just started this thing called Mr. Feelgood. It's like a men's lifestyle, health type of online magazine. So we became fast friends. He's my new boyfriend, I joke about, and uh, asked me if I'd do an article. And they have a section called Who the Fuck Is, WTF. And he'd just done David Bailey. He'd just done uh, Dave Stewart from The Rhythmics. You know, I've done a lot of sort of Q&A things, but this one was a little bit different. It brings down a photographer. He's trying to get me out of, you know, my look, right? Sure. You know, do you have a suit? Do you have a white shirt? I go, I've got a suit, but I don't have a white shirt. Anyway, that's where that photo came from. (laughs) And ironically, that whole article just came out today. Who the fuck is Magnus Walker? And that's the photo you used to post for the Grams. Gee whiz. I just went to your most recent post. That's the backstory. You've got to read it and then click the link because the link to Mr. Feelgood is actually a, a pretty good article. Short Q&A, but not the usual subject that I, you know, press autoplay on. Do you remember last time you were here, I, t- I told you in the audience that when I first became aware of you X amount of years ago, I was convinced that you were a Tom Green character. You know, oh, the comedian yeah, Tom yeah, Green. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. no, you guys are... He's you Canadian, guys are, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's kind of the point. I, eh, there's just a little something. Lately, I don't know if you've paid attention to Tom Green, the comedian. He is he living van life, and he's looking more and more like you. He's got oh, a hat like that, and his good. beard's about half yeah. that long, and his hair's half that long. Maybe I should do an IG with Tom Green. I want to see it, and I feel like he follows this show. You, oh, should, you should put it together. Yeah. Tom Green, let's put it together. My beard's actually getting grayer. My hair is thinning. <laughs> I'm dealing with some split ends. You know, Hannah got me a silk pillow, but... 
the silk pillow's not really helping yet. And then I finally realized every day I take a bath and I think it's getting my beard in the hot water. And I think LA dries may have like hot, yeah, dries it out. Mm. So I'm like, why is my beard not down on my waistline? It should be. Mm. I haven't cut it. Mm. But yeah, I think the hard water, and I'm sure your listeners who've got PhD in water, uh, acidity or alkalinity, hard, soft water will probably be chiming in. Or maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> One of the questions on this thing was, what's your favorite uh, grooming product? And I put bath salts. Oh. Maybe that's part of the issue. It could be. To split ends on the beard. Do you do you dunk your whole head in the bath and everything with I'm the like bath salts? High water, super hot, laid down up to here. So oh, yeah, the beard, covers, yeah, the beard is in it. Yeah, the beard is in it. It's yeah. up to here. So it's probably hot, uh, hard water with bath salts. Cast iron. I'm picturing you in a big old fashioned cast iron. No, tub. we've got. Oh, we've got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with all the candles yeah, and everything. I get Candle it. I get opera. it. I've been there. What we have is this modern. Well, 20 years ago, modern picture like an egg cut in half, right? White. Um, epoxy bathtub shell on a white shag carpet deck kind of in the middle of the loft freestanding not you know like normally your bath's pushed in the corner i do this is freestanding on a, on a white shag carpet oh deck my goodness. a white eggshell bath <laughs> you know it's, it's like clockwork orange type thing. <laughs> so that's me i'm a bath guy you know people always say you know you look so dirty but in reality i bathe every night i just wear the same dirty clothes every day I bet you're in a cheon or something. Checky check. Checky back check. Back. All right. <laughs> Frozen technical difficulties aside, we're yeah. still here with Magnus Walker. <laughs> we're back. Good job we're not live here. He jinxed it on the first one. I know. I remember that time I was really nervous because yeah. nothing was going right. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Here you go. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh, we'll we'll make do with the cameras that we do have here, and uh, I want to get to the questions. From I got a the, question for you before folks. we go there. Sure. Did Letterman have blue cue cards? Yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> is that why I do it? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Uh, the truth is, note cards are very helpful, and then white is uh, too white. Okay, that was the white. reason they were always blue on blue, television. Okay. Uh, this is from the P Car Talk guys, okay. Mike and Aaron. Hi, Jay and Nicole. A question for Magnus. What's his favorite 996 that he owns? Oh, it's pretty easy. GT3 was the first one I owned. Ironically, I have four of them. I bought one for five grand. Then I, this year, I got two. I got the 99 Gen 1 Aero kit. Found that car locally in red. I like that. And then I also acquired from Paul, the king Paul, of the hill. Paul Kennel? Yeah, Paul Kennel. It wasn't <laughs> actually advertised for sale because I swooped him before I had time to put it up. Oh. I got a 2002 GT2. Lifelong LA car. I'm the third owner of it. And that car's pretty interesting because most GT2, I always wanted a GT2. Uh, most GT2s have, you know, less than 25,000 miles on it. And a bunch of, a couple of my buddies had GT2s with 25, 30,000 miles on it. And I drove both of them and I always wanted one. Each one of my buddies sold each of these cars, but for more than I wanted to pay for them for mm. six figure price points. And then when the one Paul had came up, it had 90,000 miles on it. So that wiped out like 75% of the people that might of have the, been interested because of the, buyers, of the right. mileage. But I swear to God, it drives as good as the ones that had a third of the miles. It came with $50,000 with the receipts from the prior owner, who I knew, and that was his daily. So whatever the car needed, it had done to it. And I swear to God, it was like entry-level entry price point. Same price I paid for the GT3, almost, almost, not much more. And I acquired that like four years later. But to answer your question, my favorite one, GT3. Wow. I, I, what was the one that you, didn't you, 
Do you have another one that's a non-GT3? Yeah. Well, I'm I, not saying it's your favorite, but you have one that's a non-GT3, right? That's got a that's got a, a, well, a the factory package on it. I have the red 99 Gen 1 Aero kit. That's it. That's it. And Is that an X51 car? Uh, yeah, and then I have the slate gray one that I bought for five grand. That's a whole nother story. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, and it does run the five grand Gen two o four nine nine six slate gray black does run. It was five grand. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, there's a Porsche for every price point. Uh, this is from Analog Speed. Oh. I think you know him. Yeah, Taylor. Question submission: Toyota build when? It's on the list. You know, um, the very first car I ever bought and the car I learned to take my California driver's test in in 1988 was a 1977 Toyota Corolla 2TC. Mm. Bought that car for 200 bucks. Drove it around for probably 18 months, and uh, I'd like one. So uh, it's on the list. Hopefully, uh, you know, in the next year or two. Okay. Uh, Alpha Dragon. What would it take for What would it take for Magnus to cut his hair and shave his beard? Like if he wanted to, <laughs> to undercover or something for Her Majesty's what? Secret Service. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> From Alpha idea. Dragon 77. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great question. I mean, I, always, I haven't had a haircut really in 35 years. My hair is graying and falling out and thinning like I mentioned earlier on. But uh, I'm kind of like Samson in the theory of, you know, if I cut my hair, I'm going to lose whatever strength I have. So... No plans, but if I'm going undercover, you know, yeah, I'm cutting my hair. I don't believe it to be true, but I definitely understand. Uh, let's see. Murticus996, ask him if, if the Internet's newfound love for 996, there's a lot of 996 questions for you yeah. today, is reflecting in the market and how he feels the 996 connects to air-cooled past to the current water-cooled masterpieces. Well, that's a great question. Well, I always say you need air and water to survive, right? So you need your lufty cool and you need your vasicate mm. cool. And uh, back to the... 04 GT3, that's just such a chiseled car. Um, it performs a little bit like an early air-cooled car in the sense of the 04 GT3 is super revvy. You know, it feels analog. You know, there's no real safety gizmos on that compared to the newer cars. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's a stepping stone. Porsche had to evolve, right? Otherwise, it would become an antiquated dinosaur. You know, it went water-cooled to make more power, essentially. And Interestingly, you know, you look at cars today, you can go get a 800-horsepower Hellcat off the showroom floor, right? 400 horsepower back in the day was all the horsepower in the world. So I think yeah. for Porsche to evolve, you know, and look at what they've got now, it's back to the GT2, right? My 02996 GT2, king of the hill 18 years ago. I recently drove a 992 Carrera S, one step above the base level. You know the one, the turbo, non-turbo. Yep. It's a turbo, but doesn't yep. say turbo on it. So I drove the two-wheel drive manual version of the Carrera S. Same horsepower as the O2 GT2. Uh, so like the king of the hill 18 years ago, he's now essentially level playing Barely, field yeah. with the base model 992 or one step above base model. So that's progression right there. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question. But <laughs> they're, they're my rambling thoughts. And then also there was a, the, the final part there was uh, also ask him why 9-11 smell funny after a hard drive. Or don't ask him. Totally up to you there. I'm That's a good him. question. I mean, the old smell. I mean, early ones, you know, it's oil and gasoline and blood and sweat and spilt coffee and burnt rubber and, you know, whatever else. Kids, college fun, done. everything. It's yeah. all in there. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> uh, this is from Spirit of Le Mans. Ask him if he likes Spirit of Le Mans tartans. He'll likely say that guy is a pest. <laughs> Hey, Taunton Outlaws, I, I like all Tartans, or as the Yanks like to call it, plaid. So, uh, you know, there you go. That's amazing. Uh, I have a question for okay. you, Meg. Does, 
anyone else ever drive 277? Have you ever let anyone drive 277? Yeah, quite a few people have driven 277. Really? Yeah. Do you still drive 277? I do. I haven't seen it out in so long. No, I do. The most fun moment was I've got a buddy, ironically, in Mexico who's getting married next year. He just invited me uh, to his wedding north of Mexico City in 2021. Hopefully we'll see you down there because he's going to be listening to this. But uh, he was with me for the LA Auto Show last year. And he drove it and was just ecstatic to drive it. So people drive it. I mean, it doesn't come out as much as it used to. Uh, truth be told, I'm probably not driving as many of my own Porsches as I used to. Notice I, that also. Things go in phases. You know, like I, I've been driving the 928 quite a lot recently. The most recent trip, I had a couple of buddies come out three weeks ago. Cam Ingram and Sirion Hippie Pete. I think you may know Cam from Road Scholars. Very much. He's been here. Love yeah, Cam. Yeah. That seat. They were doing another one of those, you know, plastic Porsche 906 deals that they love to do. And uh, <laughs> they're out here in LA delivering it or something. Anyway, long story short, we all went for a drive. And I pulled out the GT2, GT3, and the 993. And we went up to Newcombs and rotated. Awesome. So people drive my cars, you know, quite a lot. I, I drive other people's cars quite well. I, I don't know if this is an idea or not, but I think we should do a video where you drive 111 and I drive 277. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a good idea. I don't know. We'll have somebody, you know, really, like, make a real video. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good video. I'm going to do something similar next year with a skateboarder and 277. Do you skate. skateboard? Stay tuned. Oh, my gosh. You see the shoes I got on right there? Yeah, stay, I do. Stay tuned. Oh, my gosh. There's something very exciting that's happening. That There's a little... Little nugget of a tease coming here, but uh, seems quite a bit. You do seem like you're in great shape compared to uh, uh, even last time I saw you. You look like you're trimmer. You look like looks are you are deceiving. I mean, are I'm, you healthier? Are you feeling good? What's going on with you? I, I'm feeling great. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm 53. I don't skate. My back aches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, looks are deceiving. But no, I'm feeling healthy. You know, maybe I've not been drinking as much as I was before. Obviously, the outlaw cooking must have helped. But really, it's uh. You know, I'm dating Hannah. She's a younger woman, and uh, yeah, that could I'm be, walking It could Willow all be part and, of it. And I'm averaging, you know, I've got on my phone the little app, and I'm still averaging almost 9,000 steps a day. Even during uh, COVID? Yeah. Well, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, when I was traveling in New York, I'd do 15, 20,000 steps, not on average, but a day, and I averaged 10,000. This year, I'm like 8,900, almost 9,000. That's pretty Which, damn to good. say I'm not traveling, sometimes, you know, just walking through the airport, you're covering thousands of steps. Yeah, that's what, so, yeah, when you're out and about, yeah. absolutely. She used up all her steps. That's what happened. That's what we think happened. Yeah. I'm all of those years of, <laughs> she just so, ran out all her nerves. <laughs> I think it's a combination of, you know, dating Hannah, a younger woman, and uh, walking Willow, keeping me on my toes. Oh, that's, that's true, too, yeah. i got to live up to my surname, now. Walker, right? <laughs> oh, God, Magnus Dogwalker, that's yeah. terrible. Um, how do you feel? Is Willow this good? Walker. How do I feel? Yeah, was this okay? Are we done? Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, we're still on the air, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up if you're good. If, is there anything we need to hit? What do you have coming up? No, I think I've covered everything. You know, I've given you some little teasers of things I can't talk about, but I'm talking about, and things I've done, and getting bumped by an eight-year-old. And, right? I think we've covered it's it all. It's been a good day. Good, yeah. It's been a good day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. So, yeah. Thanks, man. Good. Thanks for hanging with us as we've grown, too. You, know, I mean, it's, you, guys, you guys are on a roll. It's been fun. Yeah, things are going good for you, it seems. We're figuring it out. We're yeah. figuring it out. I think I can't remember if we were on or off the air, but um, there's all sorts of fun things happening. 2021 should be grand. That's good. Should be grand, hopefully. And I dig the uh, Good Vibes Breakfast Club. So, Thanks, brother. It's always nice to see you up there. I mean, it's always nice to see you anyway, but it's always nice to see you. I've got you. a buddy that's going up there tomorrow. Do you know this guy, Joe Richardson? He's like the PR guy for Ferrari. Maybe. Yeah, he's he, brought, he, brought, he brought that one time, the yellow yeah. one, yes. I think he's going up tomorrow, and I kind of... 
pointed him in the direction of getting a new, um, well, you'll see it tomorrow, a green box, the 4.0 that he's oh my. just took delivery of, and I think he's going up there tomorrow. Oh, my. I do like the Friday breakfast club. It's, it's a good hang. <laughs> You're awesome. Uh, well, with that, that's where we'll be tomorrow. Uh, follow Magnus Walker at Magnus Walker. What about what? anything else they should – do you have a website or anything? It's all just at Magnus Walker, right? Yeah, I, that's it. Follow on the gram. Yeah, the gram's the best way to go. Yeah, so over, hey, congratulations, 700,000 followers. Yeah, I, I don't know what it means, but I'm happy to be there. To me, it's seven-tenths of a million, and Matt got really excited about a million uh, YouTubers the other that, day. So that's, that is that's a big deal. Yeah, the gram's weird. It's like, you know, I got set a goal. You get, you know, 5,000, 10, 25, 50, 100, 250, whatever. Half mil was big, and then I kind of felt like I hit a wall. And you know, I just put stuff up there. People either react to it or they don't, right? But there's definitely like a peak and a plateau and a valley, and you know. Do you think it's the people or the algorithms? Do I think you th- it's the algorithms. So do I. I think it's the algorithms that you cannot control. Yeah. You know, so I just put things up and don't really worry about it. So, but yes, I'm happy to be at 700, 750. <laughs> just somehow seems better than 700. Well, it's almost there. You know, it's 689, 699 just didn't feel good, but. 420, 421, whatever it takes. <laughs> Uh, 420, bro. <laughs> oh, it's 220, 221, whatever it takes. Mr. Mom, hanging out with Sean Lindauer too much. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, I love you so much. Tomorrow, where are we? Breakfast, breakfast club. That's exactly right. We'll be up at Breakfast Club at Newcomb's Ranch, just like Magnus just said. Uh, GVBC, it's a GVBC, good time. GVBC, it's, it's a great good time. logo. Reminds me of the uh, CBGBs a little bit. There. <laughs> it's a tiny bit. It's a tiny, tiny bit. Uh, once, blues. once we get the uh, the t-shirts, then yeah, it'll yeah, really, yeah. you know, a yeah, couple like raggedy that. t-shirts would be really t-shirt. nice. Um, and that's what's going on this weekend. Who knows? I'm sure we'll be out and about. And uh, this is our last official show before the holidays. We'll pop up next week on uh, a couple live little playset pop-ins. But uh, other than that, thank you to Magnus Walker for being here. Thanks for having Happy me. Happy 2020, man. Yeah, it's always, always <laughs> what a delight. To see you guys. And good to be in the studio. <laughs> the coffee is particularly good today. So cheers. We love everybody at home. Please love one another. And happy holidays. We'll see you out there. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Thank you.